This podcast was recorded live on December 9th at 10.30 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am some more your host, and the fellows are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook page at SJH Man Cave and our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family to get notified when we're going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. You can see this and other videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. And with all that being said, let's dive right so fellas how was your week and jason i think this time i'll start with you uh the week has been pretty much how it normally is for me we've had the conversation that uh we've become very out of shape (laughs) i'm going back to uh my crossfit training Mm. two years ago when i got hired by the railroad and uh, i had to quit at the time, you know, because I was relocating and everything. And then when all that stuff kind of came about and that ended, you know, you know my, my health went kind of bad. There was a point where, uh, you know, I ended you guys remember I ended up in the hospital. Uh, blood clot, big deal, uh, scared the mess out of me. Tried to change lifestyles, but uh, a lot of depression and stuff kind of kicked in. Uh, wife wasn't working. Uh, when I came back here, I wasn't making the money that I was making at the time. And then, uh, you know, just a real stressful time over the last couple of years. And uh, thankfully, and thank you by the grace of God, uh, been able to get back up on my feet. Uh, the wife is working and doing much better. You know, mentally, we're trying to get ourselves back in the right steps on getting back to what it is that we wanted to do before, you know, before two years ago and everything kind of set us back. And in the process of it, I got to thinking about, you know what, when I was doing the CrossFit, I remember feeling so good. Like I was losing weight. I was gaining strength. I had all this energy. You know, it was, I, I, I just mentally, I was doing much better. Uh, my wife was telling me about it too. It was like, I don't know what it was, but when you were, when you were doing that CrossFit, it was just something about you were doing, you felt great and you were doing so well. So I called up uh, one of my old coaches. They ended up moving to a uh, new facility that was much bigger. And uh, I gave her a call and kind of told her what my situation was and what happened the last couple of years over the last span. And she's like, come on back over here. Let's get you right. <laughs> I'm like, that's what's up. So uh, I let her know. It's like, so I, I set a couple, I set a couple of goals for myself. Uh, I know that uh, by next December, I want to be at least a hundred pounds lighter. If I get more, that's fine. But uh, I'm looking to put my resignation in with the uh, 300 300 pound club. As uh, I've been, I've been 300. I've been over 300 pounds since my junior year of high school. And I know we've had the conversation about it before. It's like I love being a big dude. This is what I've been for the longest time. But 41 has let me know that uh, you can't be that dude no more. Cause uh, I'm I'm talking like an old man. I'm feeling like an old man. I've been feeling terrible, so I, I got to make a change. So I think my immediate my immediate goal, if I can get this weight off me, I think that's going to improve everything. At the end of the day, now, now in the midst of all the weight training and stuff I do, if I get a couple little cuts here and there, I'm gonna be happy with that too. 
but the weight loss and the gain, the, just the feeling bad internally. I'm, I'm working on trying to clean my system and stuff out. Uh, any suggestions from any of our listeners who, you know, have dealt with weight loss or have been dealing with like just trying to clean all the poisons and stuff out of their bodies. Any suggestions you guys have or anything that you might, that, that has worked for you that you might think that could possibly work for me. All those suggestions are welcome and I appreciate them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be starting next Monday. So I'm not waiting for the new year for this resolution. I'm, I'm getting it kicked in. I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do this for me. I gotta do this for my wife. I gotta do this for my kids. I they they deserve to have the father that they're supposed to have. <laughs> Dad is just letting my kids sit around the house and look at me lay down and sleep all day. Not to mention the fact that Hudson has has more than let us know that we it, it, this is the point in time where we we've gotten enough sleep. So it's time to put some action in. Time to put some work in, and I'm all in. You know, I'm I'm happy. You know, I, I I heard you loud and clear when you said the wife told you. You know, she liked it that you was more energetic. You know, <laughs> I uh, I I know what hey, that was cold. I, I know for. that was the part you would latch on to. I, I, I know what that was cold for, and I say I say there you go, brother. Do your thing, <laughs> bro. That's inspiring as hell to uh, hear, man. It, it absolutely makes me want to do more. Fixing how I eat and doing better in terms of that has always been the easier part. Like, even right now, I've lost, like, what? It's about 40, maybe 50 pounds since July. Mm, and nice. mainly that's because I stopped drinking soda. I haven't had a soda since July. Like, not diet or anything. And I loved Mountain Dew. <laughs> Could eat and drink Mountain Dew on a daily basis. And I just cut all that in my life. And honestly, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. It's not hard for me at all. But getting into a regular regimen of physical activity is extremely difficult for me. I hate having to spend the time. And then, you know, when, when getting really serious about it, you're usually either going to a facility or you're going to the, this place where your trainer is at. And it, for me, it was just such a huge time sink for something that I already hated doing. So it, it's always been so difficult for me. So to hear you, you know, gung-ho about it, talking about how good you felt when you were doing it on a regular basis and how you're not waiting, how you're just going to jump right into it. All of that is super inspiring, man. And I hope you get everything you want out of it. And I hope that I'm able to start something like that soon as well, because sooner or later, the returns I'm getting just for eating and drinking better is not going to be enough. I'm going to have to start doing it. Basically, I don't know about CrossFit training, but I am going to have to get into some sort of regular regimen of physical activity. So definitely appreciate you, brother. Well, I tell you what. I know offhand and, and, and as gung-ho as I sound right now, I do remember when I first started doing it, and it hurt. <laughs> but then at the same time, like I said, I, the last time I had did a workout or something like that was many, 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 many. I, I think I was in high school the last time I had a good workout at the time. So uh, for me, I, I know it's going to be that, that rush. It's going to be hard in the beginning. But I'm just like I made it through it then. I'm I'm three years older now, so 
you know, just discussing it. And with the people that I'm working with in this place, like I, I trust them because they got me through before. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just trying to get myself back into a good place. That's awesome. That's awesome, brother. What about you, Hudson? How's your week been, man? Shoot, man. This week, uh, this week felt like it kind of dragged. You know, uh, it, starting last week, it just all kind of dragged. But I tell you what got me, what what got to me this week is, is and, and it finally boiled over. When this pandemic started, right, I noticed that restaurants and, and fast food places, they started being on point. And I, and I guess they were on point because they had to fight so hard for business to make sure that they didn't lose so much during the pandemic because people you know, people starting out just weren't going, you know. Um, I mean, you had a few people who were, you know, who were, for lack of better words, idiots. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of people just weren't going to these places because they were like, whoa, this virus, who knows what it is. I, I better just stay in for a while. And so, and so service was like excellent. Now we've gotten to the point where service is just back to normal. And I just got to say, after living in other places, the south side of Chicago has the worst customer service I've ever encountered in my days on this Bar earth. none. In my days on this <laughs> earth. I cannot think of anywhere worse consistently than, than, than the south side of Chicago customer service. And, and this, is the, this is not just fast food restaurants. This is just regular Regular restaurants you would go to and have a sit-down meal. You know, we're talking about any Harold's you could think of or or anything like that. The service is just that there is none. Consistently. Right? And and I just finally just boiled over. It just boiled over. And and I, I've, like, been on this crusade in my house that, okay, the, the last time I went to Wendy's, oh, they screwed that order up so much. I told I told my wife never again. I said never again. I'm not going back there. I'm not for me. Now, if you want it, if you want to take the chance, I get for y'all. But I'm not having it. I'll sit down and eat a head of lettuce at the table before I go back to them. I I don't care, right? So I, I've I've gotten through with them. Now this last time. Popeyes, Popeyes, they, they, they really just, I, I get up to the drive through window, right? Um, I'm trying to put in my order and I say, I want a two piece mild, both of them thighs, you know, with red beans and rice. <laughs> she going to say, you want two sides? Which two sides do you want? I said, no, no, no. I want, <laughs> I want a two piece <laughs> mild. <laughs> Both of them thighs, okay? I want the dark meat, but I don't want the leg. I want both thighs, you know? So you want fries with the with the two-piece? And do you want that white or dark? No, bitch, no. I want a two-piece. I'm telling you, it took forever long to put this order in. And she's like, she getting frustrated with me. I'll sit down. I'll, I'll think anything telling me just, 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 just drive away. Just drive away. I just want to drive away. <laughs> yeah. and, just go. 
It's not worth it. You know. <laughs> but I keep going. What is the name? It's White Popeyes. <laughs> I keep going, right? And and uh, and long story short, on that one, they missed two things on the order. And you know, I said, okay. There's only three things on now, the order. The problem is, <laughs> is that if you want to go back in there. You know, there's like, first off, there's COVID, so I don't want to go back in there, really. It's just people all over with no mask on, and I don't even want to go back in there. So they're not enforcing any of those rules, and people are definitely standing closer than six feet to one another. I don't even want to go back in there. And and in that drive-through, there's no way to back up and get by the window. Like, it, it's so narrow, only one car can pass through, so I have to literally go back through the whole line again. So I said, you know what? You know, because I'm never going to this Popeye's again, so I'm just going to leave, and I'm going to try to get these others. So I went to the other Popeye's that's in the other direction, right? Guess what? Guess what? Cash only. I get up to the window, it's cash only. And I'm sitting there, okay, again, South Side of Chicago is the only place I've been to where anybody's talking about cash only. I, I don't understand it. I can't, I, I, if anything is working in this country, I don't care what's down. If anything works in this country, it's the credit card swipe machine. That always works. You can't tell me your system is down. If you call the credit card company, whoever you got that machine from, they will have it back up within seconds. All you got to do is make a phone call. <laughs> they do not play about anything that has to do with taking money. So so you can't tell me that this is it's just plain out laziness. And, and I'll tell you who's next on my list, White Castle. They got one more time. They got one more time. <laughs> and here's my problem. How can you forget something at White Castle? How can you forget it? All you got to do is count boxes. That's all you got to do. When you do the order, all you got to do, he got 10 burgers. That's 10 boxes. You should count 10 boxes in there. And if it ain't 10, you know there's something wrong. That's all they got to do. Why I'm sitting the one sitting there got to count the boxes. And I got to find out what's wrong. They, <laughs> yeah. they don't even take the bags back. They just tell, they just ask me, well, what are you missing? Yeah, bitch, take the bags back and you look. Why do I need to look? That's on you. You tell me what's missing. You know, so I'm I'm sick of it. I'm I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm um I thought I I thought those places that um only took cash, I thought that was by design, not laziness. But they don't want to have to give the credit card company a cut of what it is that they're doing. So instead, they make their customers pay cash to ensure that they basically get all of the money. And see, I that's why I'm not, Interesting. I know it's BS because there's no way that those machines are down and, and they can't get them back up. So I and it's like I don't want to deal mm-hmm. with it anymore. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with mm-hmm. any of them. So, you know, pretty soon it, and it's, it's not going to be of any because of my health or anything. I'm just going to strictly be on this this all-eat-at-home diet. I'm going to be eating healthier just simply because I don't want to deal with this bullshit no more. <laughs> <laughs> My, I live on the west side of Chicago. 
But I come to the south side of Chicago every so often because my absolute favorite barbecue in the city is I-57. So I'll come to the, uh, to the south side for I-57. The service is always awful. Oh, yeah. Always. With, with, without fail. And it's usually the same lady at the front. It's this old lady. And she's not disrespectful. You know, so I've been in those black restaurants where it seems like they act like they don't even want you to be there. Like, how dare you come into my place of business to buy something? Like, at least she doesn't do that. But she always gives off the strong aura of, I absolutely hate this fucking job. And I hate that I have to take your order. And I'm going to let you know that I hate being here and God help you if you get your food in any sort of reasonable time, all right? So usually I come up to the window. She never looks at me. I give her my order. She writes it down, rips off the paper, just (laughs) everything, everything in her body just shows, hey, I hate this. She passes it off to whoever's back there and it always takes like an hour for me to get my food. Even if I called ahead, even if I have the most bare bones, simple order, it always takes at least an hour before they come with it. I'm like, why? Y'all are so lucky the food is so good. Otherwise, y'all would have been, been out of business. Hey, hey, I'll order fries. Why, why am I still here? <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Well, you know, we still getting that sauce together, all right? You, you so you just chill out. <laughs> you got to make some more sauce. We ran out. You got to hold on. And they only gonna give you so much sauce, so it don't even matter. <laughs> Black folks makes it make it so hard for you to support them, man. I don't get it. I don't understand. But but I love them. I keep coming back. So hey, hey, what can you do? So uh, my week, uh, believe it or not. My week has been relatively uneventful. You know, I mentioned, of course, on the last episode that I tested positive for COVID. Um, My wife tested positive as well. Mm. So we all got a quarantine as a family (laughs) together in the house. And that's basically what's been happening. We've all been locked up in here together. And even though my daughter is, of course, running around tearing things up all day long, and being as annoying as possible, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't really enjoying having her all day, uh, every day again. Uh, I I love being around Simone. So it's actually been a a pretty chill week. I have absolutely no complaints. So I thought this might be a good time actually to, um, since I have, since we all have COVID, you know, maybe uh, take this opportunity to highlight someone who's been trying to do something positive about COVID and about its effects in our neighborhood. My sister reached out to me earlier this week about a woman that I had never heard of before. Um, Her nickname is Inglewood Barbie, um, but her real name is Aletta Clark. Um, And she's a black woman on the South side who's been basically opening up the storehouses. She's got about six of them throughout the city now where they are doing free COVID testing, uh, giving away food, clothes, haircuts. Like It's just 
all type of things, all about trying to support the community and support people in need. Um, there's about two or three videos on YouTube about her from, you know, uh, news stations like WGN, just trying to document some of the efforts that she's made and let people know about the services that are available to them. Um, she's also got, she also has an Instagram page with about 80,000 uh, followers on it where she, you know, posts videos and pictures of some of the things that she's been doing. And it just all looks fantastic. Okay. It all looks fantastic. It all looks very inspiring. And it's just really, it's really heartwarming to see those people that are putting themselves out there and really trying to help the folks around them. And it, it's nice to see those types of people being supported. Like I watched a, a video with her from November uh, where I guess some publication decided to do some sort of feature on her. And in the process, they raised uh, over $100,000 for her so that she can open up more uh, storehouses, continue doing what she's doing. And she was like, you know, it took me years to get these first six. And now I've opened up additional three just in the past couple of weeks. Mm. Um, just because, you know, folks have, uh, see what's happening and they believe in it and they're willing to support it. And so I just really, really uh, uh, appreciate that. And I hope the community continues to support her. And we just need more people like her sprouting up throughout Chicago. I mean, what she's doing on the South side is basically the exact kind of stuff that I want to try to get into next year doing here on the West side. So it's good to see that that the model works, you know, and you can, you can pull support together if people believe in what you're doing and they see you doing it consistently. So, um, just want to mention that I really enjoyed it and it felt like it was very inspiring to see. I, uh, I definitely would have remembered Inglewood Barbie. I tell you that I, I had never heard of, <laughs> you know, because uh, I asked my wife if she had heard of, of Inglewood Barbie. She was like, uh, no. And she was like, I wouldn't want to be called Inglewood Barbie. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know where to, how the name originated. I assume she lives, she's doing it in the Inglewood area. Um, but, <laughs> But uh, she had questions about the name, so. Yeah, according to her, she said she's from Inglewood and um, she is pretty. And so uh, a lot of people started calling her Inglewood Barbie and then it just kind of stuck. Um, she doesn't go by that anymore. You know, she does just go by her regular name, Alita Clark. But uh, it seems like she doesn't really shy away from that nickname either. Hmm. All right. Well, cool. Well, about right. Hey, yeah. shoot, Inglewood, Barbie, or shoot, it don't matter. You're going to be pretty and do good things for people. That's what's up. <laughs> exactly. Moving on to the next topic. Jason, you wanted to talk today about lazy children. <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually wasn't looking forward to doing this because I'm going to be coming down on myself a lot in this, but. I think it, it kind of correlates with the decision to kind of go in and try and get myself a little bit more active uh, with the whole CrossFit thing. And I'm hoping that'll be a direct link into getting my kids and stuff a little bit going. 
I've I've noticed over the pretty much since this whole COVID thing started with kids being kind of just stuck in the house during the summer, they at least had the option of kind of going outside. But uh, we we unfortunately live in those neighborhoods that apparently kids don't play outside anymore. They 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 have to schedule a play date or they you know, they they go they they have scheduled activities. And I, I just remember what it was like when I was a kid. I went outside, man. I, I just went outside. Then you know what? Can I go outside? Matter of fact, the majority of the time, I was kicked out of my house. Go somewhere. Get out of here. And it was cool. <laughs> now, you know, it's so much technology out here that scares the mess out of my wife. Or like, if you talk to my mother-in-law, you know, it's pedophiles everywhere. They all over the damn place. I. I didn't realize, I just didn't realize there was so many people out here just waiting for kids to come outside and play that they was just snatching them all up. I didn't know that was a thing. So it was like, you know, if the kids go go outside, you got to go out there with them. I was like, well, shit, I'm, I'm tired too. I'm sending them outside so I can get some rest. That's the whole point. But, you know, I just, like, it's a few times during the summer, you know, I, I, I kicked in the energy as best as I could. Went outside, tried to play ball with my son, my daughter. I just couldn't do it, man. It's like, I got to go get some sleep. I'm sorry. I, I'm working 12-hour shifts, two different jobs. Like, I, I, It's hard to collect that kind of energy to get out and try your best to get the kids active. And I, 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 I won't say I gave it a big, honest try, but the few times I did try, Jack, it didn't work out well for me. It's like... I think I'm about to pass out out here. As a matter of fact, daddy going to lay up under this tree. Y'all go ahead and go play with the football or something <laughs> and stay within earshot so I can make sure don't none of the pedophiles get you. So the kids ended up like just kind of hanging out in the house and like these iPads, this computer, you know what I mean? The TV, that shit takes over. And it's, it's, it's number one, uh, it, it's, it's affected my kids' health. That's number one when it comes to weight gain, when it comes to their blood sugars and stuff like that. And hell, my damn pocket, my wallet and shit, because ain't shit in the damn refrigerator because this niggas ain't eating all damn day. So it's like they either eating or they on the iPad. They eating again or they over here on the computer. They eating again. It's like I I, I want to have the nuts to say that it's COVID's fault, but I mean – if I if I had a little bit more resilience, if I could have if I could have been a little bit more creative, if I could have gathered the energy, I think I could have, I think I could have done better. At least keep my kids, you know, active to a point where they were at least in better shape, or at least not sitting around the house looking depressed all the time. Because my daughter, tell you something about my daughter, she scared the hell out of me the other day. And it, this, I walked in the door last night after I got off work, and Jada's birthday is on Friday, so she's turning twelve, and I had no idea what to get her, but my wife had her make like this birthday list of like stuff that she might want, so she threw all the regular stuff on there like Roblox gift cards and video games and some some different things like this, but the last two lines made me want to kick out my house that she wrote on this list because I didn't want to turn out to be like the minute the Menendez uh, parents, hey, this little girl ain't going to kill me in my sleep. She, uh, ooh, I wish I had that list next to me. 
One thing on the list said, I want to know what it's like to live a 12-year-old's life. Yeah, yeah. Same face I made when I looked at my wife when she showed it to me. And the last <laughs> thing, and the last thing she wrote was, Y'all know what it is. Like, you know what it is. Like, whoa. <laughs> wait a wait a second. Is this my fault? I really, I really <laughs> had to reach in. Like, I I think I don't know if I've I've somehow made my my daughter narcissistic or she she's on the verge of doing something evil. But I know that I'm sleeping with my door closed. <laughs> I just find it is like I, I know she's getting older and she's 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 developing into this young woman now, and she's saying things that just you know make me tip my head sometimes. Like I'm a little nervous. Them last two lines on this list, I want to know what it is to, to be a 12 year old, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I really tried to think about it. Like I get the fact, like she was very upset at the fact that, you know, she couldn't go to school. Then this is, this is her in sixth grade. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I went blank for a second. Yeah. She's in sixth grade. She was looking very, she was looking forward to this year because at her school at the end of the year, they do like this, like they, they, the school that she goes to now only goes up to sixth grade. And then she goes to a junior high school for seventh and eighth. So at the end of the year for the sixth graders, they have like all the kids, like the kindergartners, everybody first through fifth grade, they come out and they clap all the sixth graders out, like congratulations and good luck and all this other stuff. And they, they get a, they, you know, they, you know what it is when you get to that high grade in the school, like you get certain kind of treatment where it's like you, you're the older kids and you're the kind of like the ones that everybody looks up to. And she didn't get to experience that. And it upset her a lot. And I can't blame her because I know that she talked about it when she was in fourth and fifth grade. Like, she can't wait to get around to that type of stuff. So to, to, to make a long story short, I, I just, I think I failed miserably when it came to trying to keep my kids, like, just active or just having, the, the, like, that mental thought of, you know, I know we're going through this, but here's what we can do to get through it. You know what I mean? Even, even I just like, I just fell back. I really did. I did not do well. And I'm trying to figure out how to recover. Well, lucky thing is with kids, it it don't take much. You know, kids are resilient. They bounce back quick. So luckily, you know, put a, put a couple different uh, moves together and, and kids are just right back on it. So, you know, but what we got to keep in mind is that this is the way the world's going computers, um, handheld devices, everything at, at your fingertips. You know, we, it, there's a whole, with, with the internet, there's a whole world out there untapped right now that, that you know, in the next 20 years, 90, 95% of the population might be making their, their, the majority of their income, their main income off the internet. I mean, I don't know. It, it's going it's almost going that route now. When you count the people who are, who are doing, we're on Zoom right now, right? You know, I mean, yeah. if you if you count all the people, that's you know, so so I mean, I I don't worry about because my daughter, my oldest one, has her her little uh, tablet or or whatever, and and I'm not worried about how much time she spends on it because I I know that it's. Uh, you know, it's really that's just what it's going to be come in the future. She might she might be walking around with a tablet or, or a chip in her arm 
and it and it might come mm-hmm. out as a video display off of her wrist, and she just starts swimming. And, I, I, <laughs> and I'll be that old whippersnapper. What happened to the laptops? You know, back in my day, <laughs> we we went on Amazon from the laptop. <laughs> you know, she walking around like the Mandalorian, and she's like, "This is right. how we get over to the pizza place." But here's yeah. what here's what my problem is: is that see, you see, see, the wife has to head that off. If my daughter writes something like that down, like so, I want to know what it's like to be sits or something like that. I, if my wife sees that first, she needs to head this off. And she needs to get that off the list before I see it. <laughs> this is where I don't mind some compartmentalization within my house. I don't even need to see that. I don't need to discuss it. You know, you handle that. Get it off the list and and let me be live in ignorance, please. Because, I, you know, I don't want to see nothing like that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird for me. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm going through the exact same thing you went through. Um, Jason, but with my daughter, like, in fact, just today, you know, she's pulling on my hand saying, get up, daddy, get up, daddy. And, you know, she wants to run around mm. and she wants to play and daddy doesn't have it in him. <laughs> you know, like it was just, in fact, it was just a couple of days ago, right? Where, you know, she's pulling on me. I get up, I run around with her for a little bit. We play for a little bit and very quickly I'm tired out. Like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And she wants to keep playing, keep running around, keep doing things. And I hand her, we got a little kid's tablet, you know, so that she can, you know, play little games and look at kid YouTube videos and stuff like that. I hand her a little tablet and be like, here, here's tablet. And she sits down and immediately starts watching YouTube videos. Mm. And she's perfectly happy. You know, it's not like it affects her at all. But for me, I'm crushed. (laughs) I'm like... You should be doing better. Right? You, right, right. Like, you are failing her as a father right now, sir. Hey, get your shit together. All right. Because at the end of the day, I there is a part of me that feels like we should I should be taking her in the backyard and we should be running all around and you know, trying to get her into being outside and playing, especially right now when she can't really interact with other kids. She has, she doesn't have a lot of, you know, play buddies or anything. So yeah. she needs someone to kind of step into that role and I'm not doing it. And even before she was born, Samantha and I used to talk a lot about what is the balance? Like on the one hand, we want to raise a child that's very comfortable with technology and can easily adapt to having to use different forms of technology. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we give our our, our kids a real childhood. You know, our kids, like you said, they should be able to go out and play whenever they want to, not on a select, you know, time frame. And we should be relatively sure that they'll be safe going up to the park or, you know, wherever they want to hang out at and coming back and that they'll have a good time and that they'll be comfortable with that. And, you know, all that good kid stuff that we, we all enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's been a real concern for us figuring out how do we give Simone that, especially when we're in a neighborhood where, you know, you can't necessarily trust the people around you, especially when it comes to your kid. 
You know, so I don't have any good answers for you to be to be honest with you. I'm figuring it out. You, if you figure it out, you, you let me know, bro. <laughs> I uh, recently, uh, I don't know if I talked about it before, but uh, Junior does. Uh, well, you know, both of the kids they they do that uh, asynchronous PE with their e learning. So you know, they have a they have a gym teacher who basically does a Zoom meeting with the kids. And tries to get them active. So they have a bunch of these YouTube videos and them doing like kids yoga or like getting things from around the house to kind of do some kind of exercises and stuff. And when Junior first started, I really wasn't paying a lot of attention to him. But like one particular, like maybe about a month or two ago, I was looking at him while he was in the live gym. And the guy was like doing like some push-ups. He was doing some sit-ups and some jumping jacks or something like that. And I looked at Junior, and he did, like, one. And then just started playing around. And I'm like, are you even trying? Like, could you? First of all, he just did, like, 10, 15 push-ups and put y'all on a timer to do as many as you could. I saw you do half of one. So on the days he doesn't have a live gym, the teacher assigns these videos that they have to do where they have to do these exit slips to show that they did the assignment. So one of them had push-ups in it. So Junior, he's watching the video, and I see him do the little half, little weird, little push-up. I say, no, son. I turned TV <laughs> off. I turned everything off, and I, t- and I paused the video. And I say, son, you got to at least try. You got to try and do a push-up, bro. Do you know this little... It's about to call my son today. <laughs> Do you know this little boy started crying? Yeah. It took everything. I, I think I had a nosebleed. Like it took everything in me not to destroy this little thing, bro. But but in it, like I'm like, okay. Okay, so okay, we, we gotta be a, we gotta be a father here. So calm down, first of all. <laughs> calm down. And let's, let's like look, look here, Julia. I'm not asking you to do anything difficult. He's steady crying. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, you'll never do anything if you tell yourself you can't. So I got down on the floor with him. Whew, I got down on the floor with him. And I said, We're gonna do this together. Like, like in the video, he like, we gotta do like 25 push-ups. So I'm like, he like, I can't do 25 push. I'm like, stop saying you can't. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. So here's what we're going to do. We got to do 25 push-ups, right? We're going to do five in a row. Then we're going to stop and take a break. We're going to do five more. We're going to stop and take a break. We're going to get these 25 out together. Boy. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> After the first five. I think my arms was bleeding on the inside. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> and I ain't never heard that bad trying to do a push-up. But for some reason today, when I'm trying to teach a lesson, it's oh, and I, I just bled through it. My insides was crying. And we did 25. And I was in You did all 25? We did 25. Bruh, and, 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 and I'm it was a soundbite for a standing ovation and plug it in right there, bro. <laughs> he said, it took us a minute. I was like, hold, hold on. He's like, it's the break over with. I said, get daddy 20 more seconds. Let me, whoo, <laughs> let me get this break in. 
But you know, I, I after he got into it, it was hard. But I'm like, you know, at the end when he did it, it, it took a little bit of time. But I'm like, you could do whatever you want to do, son. That you, if you can't defeat yourself in the very beginning before you even try. And he felt good about himself when he did it. Now every day I see him, he around he doing push ups from time to time, all on his own. And he always turned to me. Did I do it right there? I'm like, yeah, you did it pretty good. You want to get down here and help me? I say, um, daddy got to get ready for work. So you go ahead and knock them five out. I'm going to see you tomorrow morning when daddy will wake up and we'll, you know, we'll work that out. <laughs> so look at you being a great father. Every, every now and again, he got, he got one of these little exercises that he put on that he just can't do. And I said, you know what? We're going to work on it. We're going we gonna, to we gonna work on it. We're going to work on it together. And when I get to, when I get into this CrossFit thing, when I get into that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and make up like some little exercises for us to kind of do in the mornings or something like that, just to at least get him motivated. Because my son, he want to play football at some point in time. I'm like, you can't be no power puff out there talking about so you can't do push up. <laughs> you cried about twenty five push ups. You know what I'm saying? Talking about you gonna play football? Because <laughs> you know what was funny. I told him, you know, you got to do this when you go out there and play football. He said, Well, I really like basketball. I said, You mother. <laughs> you do every sport you play you gotta do some push-ups little boy i'm, I'm telling you right now your son <laughs> he's not gonna be doing no he just want to be he just want to do the running and the catching oh, yeah. as soon as he gets that first good hit he gonna be like daddy the same for oh, me man. <laughs> it, look, it look awesome on tv <laughs> right, right. Yeah, watch the games like i want to do that daddy i want to be the dude to throw the football i'm like you know the football get hit all the time Right. So let's see. Let's say we go through. I'll tell you what's gonna happen, right? Well, he sits now, right? Yeah, here's what's gonna happen. Ten years from now, right? He's gonna be sixteen. He's gonna be on the football team. He's gonna be the dude hitting people. I can guarantee you that. And then and then he gonna be at your dinner table. <laughs> he gonna be swole as I don't know what. <laughs> and and your wife gonna come out with some chicken. And you two going to look at each other <laughs> when it come to the bit piece of chicken. And he going to grab it and he going to eat it. And you going to try to, you going to try to be like, <laughs> and he going to tell you, I bet you ain't, I bet you wish you ain't make me do them push-ups, don't you? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> that bit piece of chicken is gone. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I have had these thoughts in my mind. I really have, cause he's strong right now. Like he don't do no. He got that little natural, little strongness to him. Like he didn't push me, or he he beat up his little sister, the his big sister, majority of the time. Even she be looking astonished, like how is this pushing me all around the place? <laughs> it's like okay, like what I told y'all when I took him to get that 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 blood screening when they was gonna take that blood out of his arm. I couldn't even hold him. Nurse had to come in, lay on top of that boy to get that blood out of his arm. So I said okay. All right. That's a whole other reason I'm going back to this CrossFit. <laughs> That's right. Protect you ain't about to catch me at <laughs> You ain't about to catch me at 51 because I'll be 51 when he's 16. So you ain't about to try to catch me at my dinner table and try to put me down? No, sir. Plus, I already told him, I fight dirty. I'm, ain't no such thing as a fair fight. I'm going to hit you with anything that's close enough to me. I hit you with you. <laughs> Daddy ain't never been in a fair fight. <laughs> wow. 
Awesome. Awesome. I wish you luck <laughs> with all of that, brother. <laughs> Absolutely all of that. Moving on to the next topic. Warner Brothers came out with <laughs> some uh, interesting announcement this week. They said that for the next year, all of their upcoming movie releases, so uh, the Wonder Woman sequel, King Kong versus, what's it, King Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla right, and uh, all, everything else that they have coming up for the next year. It's going to release simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. And it will be releasing on HBO Max free of charge. So it's not going to be like Mulan or some of the other movie releases where you had to pay $30 and then you can watch it. Mm -hmm. It'll be on HBO free of charge at the exact same time that it's available in movie theaters. And they'll do this for the first month that the features uh, released. And then after that, they'll pull it from streaming and it'll only be in theaters for its usual run. Oh, so it's only I, going to be available for a certain amount of time. Uh-huh. Yeah, for 30 oh, days. Okay. It'll be available on streaming for 30 days. That's okay. how they keep you hooked, because if they kept it all there, you just wait to the end of the year, get the get the thing for one month, and then boom, watch them all. Okay, get rid yeah. of it. Right. <laughs> basically. basically. <laughs> so there's been, a, um, there's been a real clash of perspective about whether or not this is a good thing, right? From a consumer standpoint, I don't think there's any question that this is a great move. Um, one, it allows people who are concerned about being in packed theaters and public places in general, it allows those people to be able to stay at home while at the same time, <laughs> exactly, people like Hudson, uh it allows people like him to stay at home and be able to enjoy these features at the same time as everybody else. And the fact that it's available free of charge is, of course, a big boon as well. You know, I mean, you have to pay for the HBO Max service, mm -hmm. but you don't have to pay for this actual new, brand new release movie, which is out of the norm. So it's definitely a very consumer friendly uh, option. And as someone who has HBO Max, I personally think it sucks compared to Netflix and uh, Disney Plus. So as a consumer of the product, I think this raises the quality of the product significantly. There are a whole bunch of reasons I think HBO Max sucks for our, them losing a bunch of their DC titles on the streaming service to it not being available on Roku so my wife can only watch it on my Xbox, yada, yada, yada. whole bunch of stuff I don't need to go into, but you can look up the reviews for yourself. They messed up the launch of this streaming service completely. All right, so this is definitely going a long ways towards trying to make that better. On the flip side, though, um, of course, this is absolutely devastating for movie theaters, Warner Brothers is a huge studio coming out with major motion pictures and those uh, movie theaters like AMC and Marcus were looking forward to having exclusive access to these movies in order to help shore up what has been significant losses for them throughout COVID season. Um, some of the filmmakers also have come out and made it clear they are strongly uh, 
uh, against this move. Christopher Nolan being the most outspoken of them. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, really? yeah. Christopher Nolan came out hard. He said um, there were a lot of filmmakers who yesterday thought that they were working for the greatest uh, movie studio in the country and woke up to realize that actually they're working for the worst streaming network Mm. in the country. (laughs) Now, um, I want to make it clear that there's actually some very good reasons why these filmmakers have an issue with this. Because when they're making these projects, the money that they're supposed to get from creating it and being involved in it, a lot of it is based upon ticket sales, the idea that the studio is going to do everything in its power to make sure as many people come to the theaters to see this as possible, which in turn generates revenue and bonuses for the director, the, the star actors, the producers, et cetera, et cetera. So when Warner Brothers made the decision to release all this on um on their streaming station, they gave a direct financial payout to the people involved in Wonder Woman. So the people who were expecting extra bonuses and things of that nature, who worked on Wonder Woman, they got paid. Everybody else was not informed this decision was going to be made, and they got nothing. So they're basically going to just have to eat whatever loss uh, occurs because of this, while Warner Brothers is going to reap the benefits from the people who are probably going to sign up to HBO Max. And Christopher Nolan is is definitely one of the people who stands to experience losses because of this decision that Warner Brothers has made. So it it's a it's a very interesting dynamic. It's not it's not all cut and dry. Uh, I was curious how you all felt. Well, before I dive deep into it, right, I, I want to I want to express, and, and you did it very briefly, and you actually did it when we when we uh, talked about this subject in our in our production meeting. What do you have against the 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 King Kong Godzilla movies? Because I remember <laughs> when Godzilla was coming out that 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 yeah. last um, remake of Godzilla. I remember when it was coming out. And we said, hey, uh, you know, and I sent the text. I was like, hey, Godzilla, got to see that. And and you sent something along the lines of uh, whatever. Uh, I guess if y'all see it, I'll go see it too or or something something like that. <laughs> I was like, why is Basically, why are you like so against these, these, uh, these movies? Look, uh, so first <laughs> of all, when it comes to the subject of Godzilla versus King Kong, I'm King Kong all the way, all right? A King Kong movie comes out. I'm seeing it in theaters. I'm right there. Godzilla, most... I, now, mind you, I've heard good things about these Godzilla movies that have recently come out. I didn't see either one, all right? But w- every time I see the trailers, it just screams to me, cash grab, all right? They know there's a bunch of people that love Godzilla, so they're going to put together this little Godzilla flick and supposedly it's going to be awesome, but then you're going to get there and you're going to sit for two hours and find out it's all a bunch of trash. It's like that last 
not not the Bumblebee movie, but the movie before that, the last Transformers movies that me and you, Jason, went to see. <laughs> I don't even. What was the name of that movie? Which one was that? <laughs> uh, hot garbage part five. <laughs> <laughs> you get all these trailers promising that this is going to be this visual spectacle and you're going to be so entertained and then it's just two hours of hot nonsense that's the way i feel when i look at the trailers for those godzilla movies see i thought you were going to say something along the lines of what what kind of what kind of mess is this where you got god in the name uh, of this monster you know i thought she was going to be one of those. <laughs> No, sir. You know, surprisingly, <laughs> I have not heard any backlash or anything concerning that 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 this monster has God in its name. I mean, I, I've never, I've never heard anyone complain about that, and I, I've always been kind of surprised. Like, why has no one mentioned that? Like, because it's Godzilla right after God. So <laughs> as Chris. As Christians, we ignore it. We're like, God, wait, Zilla? No, I've got more important things to deal with. <laughs> We're not concerned with that. Oh, I'm sorry. There's always somebody. I'm, I'm like Hudson. I actually just sitting there thinking about it. I'm actually kind of surprised myself. There's always somebody. <laughs> always. They can have that. They can have that. Uh, I'm sorry to sidetrack. Let me get back on the subject at hand here. You know, um, I say as a consumer, you know, I I love it. I I love to be able to watch the watch the movies this way, and and I and I think back to something that um, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was Gary. I can't remember his last name. One of those uh, motivational speakers. He's he made it rich selling wine or or some crap like that. I don't know vineyards. I don't know, but he. He what he talks about a lot of times is is a blockbuster video, and how and how you know blockbuster never changed, and and thought that you know people were always going to want to come to the store, and 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 pick up a video like like it was a thing that people in society wanted to do, and it was such a fun thing for them that they would always be in business, and then boom, they went out of business, you know. And and they tried too late to catch up to what was going on, because Netflix and and all this other stuff just kicked them right out. All these streaming services, Blockbuster didn't stand a chance, you know. And and I think um, these movie theaters, you know, whether whether they agree with it or not, the world is changing. You know, you you can virtually it's, it's getting tougher and tougher out there now, and everyone's looking for some sort of an advantage. And that's what that's what HBO Matt, that's what they they look for an advantage here to try to to try they saw their their shit was dying they said they need to do something and so and that's what they did um, and I think theaters are going to have to find a way to adapt and especially in this climate you know they had a little longer but now that this COVID thing came out and and all this went on I mean you know it it's it's going to be a while before they even think about getting back up to the numbers. So they're going to have to do something or they're going to, I think they're, this is just the beginning. You're going to start seeing other streaming services. I mean, Netflix themselves put out these, these great movies and these, these shows and these things that go straight to their streaming service, you know, that don't, that, that never hit the movie theaters. So they, they need to do something. 
and and they're just losing it. They're losing it, and I think they're a, another blockbuster situation. They don't know that they're going out of business. They have no clue. I bet I bet they thought drive-ins would be around forever. <laughs> I bet that was going to be a forever thing. And but now it's a novelty. You might find a few left in the U.S., but it's a novelty. No one goes on a regular basis to the drive-in, right? So, you know, I, they got to adapt. You either adapt or you die. That's what happens in this capitalistic uh, world right now. So if they don't figure it out, the theaters are gone. And so they need to get off of any high horse, these producers, these directors, any high horse they're on. They need to get off of it and realize the direction this world is going into and they need to adapt to. What I find fascinating about this situation as well is I think the people who are complaining about this and basically saying that this is terrible are people who have directly contributed to this situation coming about. Like Christopher Nolan made the decision, I want Tenet to come out. I'm going to, we're going to be the ones to usher back in the movie theaters and all this kind of great stuff, right? And Tenet bombed completely at the theaters. Did it really? By any, it, it bombed, bro. It, by any metric you use. But like bomb because it was a bad movie or because folks just wasn't going to the theaters anymore? Uh, well, bomb because people weren't going to the theaters anymore. Okay. But then even outside of that, it's not going to... I didn't see Tenet. But from the reviews, it was not one of Christopher Nolan's better movies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so personally, I was still trying to figure out what the hell it was about. I didn't know if it was a time travel movie. I didn't know. I just didn't know. Like you watch, the you watch the trailers. It's like I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. Right. The marketing probably wasn't all that great, and even people who saw it said they had trouble figuring out what it was mm. about. Which is not necessarily out of the norm for a Christopher Nolan movie, but there just wasn't enough of a strong enough core there to draw people in despite not knowing what's going on. Cause like people, some people didn't understand Inception. Some people had to see Inception too. I was just about to say, like that's what it reminded me of Inception. Like when I saw Inception, I I made it through maybe about 20 minutes of Inception and I was like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Too much. (laughs) See, whereas I love Inception and I think it's probably besides um, the second Dark Knight, um, I think it's his best movie. You know, I think it's his best non-Batman movie, but it's not necessarily easy to follow at all. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself is not an issue for Christopher Nolan. But again, the core wasn't strong enough. So you got Christopher Nolan contributing to this by basically forcing that issue and then giving Warner Brothers a clear example of, OK, this is not working. You know, like Hudson said, they've gotten the message. The business market is turning. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to adapt. Right. But then you also had AMC CEO, who I think is also like the president of some sort of conglomerate of different movie theaters, you you know, basically coming out publicly and saying, this is a terrible decision and you're, you're standing against the movie industry and you're, you're, you're killing our market, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. My issue with this is, I feel like the horrible way in which movie theaters, most especially AMC, has treated their customers contributes 
to the slow pace at which people are going to go back to the theaters. Like the concession prices and the ticket prices are astronomical for no reason. Mm. Like when this article came out and you were looking at Reddit and looking at the responses over and over and over again, people are saying, so you're telling me I could sit at home and watch this movie for free or I could pay $20 for a ticket and then another $20 to $40 for concessions to have to do the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm going to stay home. All right. Like people have been complaining for years about the astronomical concession prices, about how many commercials they have to watch Mm -hmm. before their movie starts on top of all the trailers that uh, that occur as well on top of the poor service in the actual theater or the or the uh, poor environment where you have people trying to have full phone conversations <laughs> and you go to the, you go to one of the workers there and they barely do anything about it because they don't want to have to confront another customer. You know, all sorts of just nonsense you have to deal with when you're in the theater. And it's all poor customer service. It's all them not standing up for the people who are coming to purchase their product. You've been doing this for years, Mm. and people have informed you of what's been going on for years. Well, now this pandemic has hit, and people have an alternative. And they realize, you know what? Why, Why should I have to deal with this? Why should I have to come to your theater and deal with this? And so now you have the AMC CEO basically saying, Everybody else should sacrifice to prop up the my industry <laughs> and the things we've been doing. It's not gonna work, bro. I'm it's good. not gonna work. I'm good. Mm-mm. I like this at home stuff. As much as mm-hmm. I like going to movie theaters, I, I will say this most certainly. I enjoy the fact that I can walk into a movie theater, and especially like lately, since they were all doing all the remodeling and stuff and giving you like the little lounge seating and a lot of them were doing the whole food service to your seat and all the other good stuff. I thought that was kind of cool, even though, like you say, that, that shit was expensive. But, you know, I, I, I miss that. I miss going to the movies. I really do. I like the atmosphere of going into a movie theater, having the lights all out and stuff, and them, them, them wonderful speakers and everything, giving you that good exact sound of what the movie was meant to be and everything. I always, I've always been a fan of going to a movie theater because anytime I watch a movie on regular TV, it's just like eh, it's not as good as it should be. You know, I'm good. I'm glad I get to see the movie, but I'm now nah, I need to see it in the movie. Well, the, the fear is that basically people are only going to come to the movies for big action uh, movies, mm-hmm. like if a Transformer movies or a King Kong movie comes out, people will come to the movie theaters. But it used to be. That if, you know, I don't know, what's what's a drama that came out recently? Like the new book? Um, <clears throat> right, right. Okay, there we go. <laughs> used to be that if the notebook came out, you had to go to theaters if you wanted to see the notebook. Mm. The concern now is folks are going to be like, well, what am I going to get out of seeing the notebook in movie theaters that I wouldn't get from just seeing it at home? That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, and it's like... The, the movie theater industry can't sustain that. 
It can't sustain itself on just blockbusters. Mm. It needs those people who are going to come in, you know, the, the couple who's going to come in on a Tuesday afternoon just to sit and watch The Notebook, you know, and, and go back and go back home. It can't sustain itself on basically waiting for once every two to three months, a huge blockbuster comes out mm. that they know people are going to see. And so if this is, if this becomes a sustainable model, like Hudson was talking about, other uh, streaming networks basically taking this on where all of the movies just come straight to them, it'll kill the movie industry. It'll absolutely kill it. And let's be perfectly honest with you, with, with the technology that they got nowadays with these home theater setups and everything they got, you can get the same experience in the movie theater in your house. I, right. I need to go get one of them base bars for my TV and stuff now. I'm just waiting until mm-hmm. I buy me a house. That way I can just set up my basement and just turn it into a movie theater. <laughs> it's like, I, exactly. if, if I can't go to the movies, oh, hell, I'm going to make my home the theater then. So exactly. You, you, exactly. I'd, I'd like to see like what the sales are on that type of stuff nowadays too. You're probably seeing a lot of sales in the, the, this, this, that equipment and speakers and hell, I know these damn TVs nowadays, these HQ and WHUHD and Crystal clear and live action and all the other stuff. Well, all these TVs, they started, they 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 cheapening out their prices. I've noticed that. I've oh, noticed that too. a lot of them prices on the TVs have come down. Wow. When when that new when that newest TV come out, everything else goes to rock bottom. And and you know, I've never been one that I need the newest of the new. You know, I'll take that last year's version. <laughs> seventy-one yeah. inches, the seventy-one inch to me. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I take it exactly. You know, I mean, you know what I think they're gonna have to do. I mean, I think they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to do more of those things. Like sometimes some theaters do it. I think they're gonna have to do more of those things. Like um, uh, buy a license for like you know, the, uh, these big boxing matches or, or, you know, these big pay-per-views that happen. I think they're going to have to start buying licenses for that and then jam-pack people in there for stuff like that. And, I mean, they're going to have to get creative, and that's not the most creative thing, and I'm not in the industry, so I can't really speculate on what the more creative things to do are on that, but, but they need to come up with something. They do. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, make the space available. So like, hey, you want to have a party and everybody go see the new Tyson fight? Y'all can come on to the movie theater and we'll serve the food and y'all can have it right over here. They're going to do stuff like that. Yeah. I just read about that too. Like some, like some kids or some, like some older guys, they rented out a movie theater so just so they could play damn video games. Right. Yep. Yep. Hook your Xbox up to the movie theater and y'all play play on the screen. We did that back in Chicago State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I brought my thing, I brought my Xbox up there, hooked it up to a uh hooked it up to a projector. And shit, we were sitting there playing Halo and whatnot on the on the damn stage and shit for hours on I there. remember that. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. shit was great. Hosting video game tournaments. That's exactly yeah. That's what they got to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's going to be fascinating to watch how this uh, situation develops. Moving on to the next topic, um, Hudson, you wanted to talk about rising sea levels, uh, pushing people out of Little Haiti as more and more rich people move into the area. Well, you know, and I mean, you know, this rising sea levels in in Little in, in Little Haiti and uh, 
in uh, Florida. I mean, that's, that's just the latest of examples of, of what I really want to talk about. It's that, you know, again, it's, it's, it's rich people, the haves, just pushing the have-nots around, you know, up out of there. So, so basically rising sea levels is causing, like, parts of Florida to just go underwater, making it uninhabitable, right? And so now they figured out that, you know, little Haiti – in uh in Florida, it is is three or four uh, feet higher in sea level than above sea level than where they're at on the beachfront. So basically, Little Haiti is going to become the new beachfront property. So now they've went in and just totally started gentrification. They got a big billion dollar complex going up for shopping and and all those yuppies to go in there and, and buy all their Louis Vuitton and, and all their other mess that they that they like to get at overpriced mess. And and I mean it's it's another example of of the little guy just gets pushed out of there. You know, and, and it used to be that they would try to, you know, come up with some snappy reason to get you out, call it section eight. You know, and at least they they made it pretend like they it was to get you in a better spot. They pretended like that's what the case was. We're gonna help you, you know, after you spend a year in 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 bumfuck wherever in the suburbs out there, living an hour away from the city. We'll bring you a, a, a half hour closer back to the city at some reduced price or whatever, right? But it was all just a goal to get you further out and to get the halves back in there, right? And and this is and this is with, with how much money it took for them to section eight people. It should show you how much money was in those projects in that gentrification that they did while they kicked everybody out. Basically, that's how much money is there. So again, we just it's just another situation where. You know, people like me, you know, I, I, you know, uh, we just get pushed around and get pushed all over the place. And, and people are going to basically lose their homes, you know, and, and this is what got me in the, in, in the couple of articles I read. This is what really got me that people were selling their homes, which they thought they were selling for great prices. And yeah, it was above current market value. Yeah. But they figured out real quick that they couldn't buy a home anywhere else. Like they still didn't have enough money to get a home elsewhere, you know? And, and that was the whole point. Push you out, right? They, 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 they didn't want to give you a good enough deal where you could stay close to the area. No, they didn't want to do that. They, they, want, they, want, they want your property and they want you gone. Right, because you don't fit in the mold. You're you're not buying the Louis Vuitton purses. You're not buying five hundred dollar pair of jeans. You're not you're not buying that stuff. So they don't want you in that neighborhood. They don't want you there no more. And I, you know, especially in the events that's been happening in, in all of twenty twenty, and and just seeing how just the, the people that have it don't care about us one bit. They don't give a damn. And it, it just really, it, it just, this was just one of those moments that got to me. I looked at that and I said, I can't believe this is another group of folks. And, and it's on the news. 
It's on the news. It's in the papers. It's right there for everybody to see. It's right there for everybody to see. They're, they're expressing it right there. They're not pulling the punches, really. And, and they're calling it what it is. Gentrification and people getting pushed out. They're even saying how unfair it is that they that they get all this money now, but still can't buy in the area. So uh, it, it's it's not, uh, you know, it was a tough pill for me to swallow when I read it. I I just I couldn't believe it. I can believe it, but I just I don't know, man. I'm getting real tired of it. So, a couple of things. One, I want to listeners to know this story um, of what's happening in Florida. It's not new. They've actually been doing this ongoing um, since at least about March of this year. And I think they were probably slowed down due to COVID to some degree. <laughs> and they'll probably ramp up the efforts even more leading into next year. It's amazing to me to see a state like Florida that has been so brutalized by the effects of climate change between the hurricanes and the rising sea levels and everything else that is happening. They still voted for the party who says climate change is not <laughs> created by bad and there's nothing really we need to do about it. And hey, just let the chips fall where they may. You would think that they would be one of the main states saying, I don't care what we do, we need to do something. All right, because, you know, if those sea levels keep rising, moving to little Haiti is not going to it's not going to fix your problems. But, you know, you know what they're doing? You know what they're doing? Because I I read this in a couple of articles, too. They're in a couple of different articles They're They're um, they're voting in certain people in certain positions that deal with this kind of thing. They're hiring and voting in people to start trying to develop underwater communities. You know, uh, uh, it's it's crazy. I don't know how they think this is going to work or survive, but that's what they're trying to do. I don't know what's worse, the underwater communities or the Space Force. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Like, why don't y'all just stop fucking up the planet? (laughs) Instead of finding all these different ways to deal with the ramifications of how you're tearing up the planet, why don't you just stop tearing up the planet? All right. And then you won't have to go through all these drastic measures. But when we, when we talked about this earlier in the week, it, it actually made me think of Rahm Emanuel because he's come up in the news a lot mm-hmm. Um, because Biden was supposedly going to consider him for a role in his cabinet. And he he might still be considering, I don't know. But the backlash against that has been monumental. And I am so thankful and appreciative that so many people from outside of Chicago realize how absolutely repugnant that man is and how horrible he was as Chicago's mayor. I had always wondered what happened with the land and the buildings of those 50 schools that he shut down throughout our our neighborhoods. Like, okay, what is supposed to be done with these areas? Because supposedly they were shutting these schools down to make our overall school system better, right? Okay, but what's going to happen with these places? And 
reading, seeing your stuff made me read more about his stuff. And I know that at least two of the buildings are now being renovated into like multi-million dollar condos that none of the people in the neighborhood will actually be able to afford. I mean, you just know they're not going to be able to afford that. So not only did you shut down the schools in these areas, but then you started the process of basically making it a vehicle for gentrification in those neighborhoods. And at this point, there's nothing those people can do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a done deal. And it's it's so infuriating. It's so infuriating to watch people in power do things like this, tell the people who are being impacted, oh, this is for your betterment. This is going to help you. This is to build your neighborhoods up and build your communities up. And it's all wrapped up in, we really don't want you here. And we're going to find whatever mechanisms we can use to push you out and destroy your way of life. And it's it's just sad, man. And it's going to be a long fight to try to stabilize some of these places and undo some of this work that has been done to destroy these people's lives. All right. So as it always is on the SJH Man Cave podcast, we end with football and the Bears. And brothers, I have nothing to say. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. So if you all would like to comment, you're welcome to do so. I have nothing to say. Do you all have anything you would like to contribute? I would like to say that even though the Bears lost to Detroit, which, Jesus Christ, uh, it was not Mitch Trubisky's fault. He actually played a pretty decent game. It wasn't overwhelming. He wasn't like championship caliber, but I thought he played a decent game. And I know to say that it's just like, well, he ain't had no interceptions. Well, that's kind of like a big deal because he always throws at least one. <laughs> it really does. It's almost expected at this point. Like you just sit back and you kind of wait, like when's the pick coming? But uh, I actually liked the game that he played. Unfortunately, with the game, I think we're starting to see the decline in what this defense was supposed to be. And I think Detroit exploited the hell out of the fact that the Bears' defense isn't what everybody thinks it is. Hopefully, the next game I watch, we won't be hearing a bunch of announcers talk about how this is a top-tier team and top-tier defense and all that other stuff. It's it's not. It's not there anymore. Uh, and this year has proven it with the last few games. Uh, it, it was interesting to see that at the beginning – uh, when they were on that five game, well, that five game win streak, or that 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 five games where they had won, that they had held like teams to under like nineteen or twenty points, and you, you don't have really too many excuses in these last few games, other than other than Green Bay. This last game they played against Detroit, I mean, the defense was not really on the field that much. If anything, 
you know, they they ran about equal time when it came to offense and defense. Because, I mean, Detroit's defense wasn't playing a whole lot better. And let let me let me let me say that as a disclaimer as well when it comes to the whole Mr. Trubisky thing. Before I even get too started, they were playing Detroit, which I believe Mitch that that was the only team where he was actually when he was four and zero before they lost uh, this game. He 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 had Detroit up under his thumb. So that's a disclaimer. They were playing the Detroit Lions, which, I mean, it wasn't like they had a high caliber offense or a defense or anything like that. But we always had to say, I mean, it's an NFL team, so the possibilities of wins and losses are there. But the fact being, I thought Trubisky had a pretty decent game. Uh, the defense is in a, a slow, steady decline. And I think we're about to end up at a point where somebody's about to set off some dynamite and there's going to be a lot of folks that's going to lose their jobs. But I have seen that it was very interesting that uh, a lot of people that I've seen, I'm in this bear cave group where they kind of broke down on how uh, Nagy's still under contract and how uh, Pace is, you know, he has this, what's remaining in his contract and everything like that. And it's going to be interesting to see because somebody's actually going to be somebody either's going to be left over out of this year. And it's going to be interesting to see who it's going to be because it was mentioned that because these folks are on the contract, if you fire them, that means they sitting at home collecting money while the Bears is just, you know, what they are, which I mean, teams have done that. Uh, I've never seen the Bears really do it. So to, to to have them go out and do that, and I believe that they're in a bit of a salary cap deal and whatnot right now too. So I don't know. I I don't know what's going to be happening. It's it's going to be hard to be a Bears fan for the next couple of years. I think. Yes, you yes you do. You know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to do jack shit because it would be expensive to do anything else. Mm. So they're going to sit with this whack ass squad for another two years mm. until it is fiscally comfortable for them to offload this whack-ass head coach and the rest of his squad and the executives who are in charge of putting together this horrible team. They're going to they're gonna just deal with all that because the money's going to keep raking in because as soon as the stadium is back opened up and people can buy tickets again, people will buy tickets again because mm-hmm. we're diehard Bears fans out here in Chicago. So it just is what it is. Buckle up. It's going to be two more years of this. I don't even know why you spoke this long. There's nothing to break down about all of this, about the way the team is playing or the future of this franchise. There is nothing to dissect or figure out or, 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 or get into. All right. We suck now. We're going to continue to suck for two more years. That's fucking that. Well, as 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 part of a podcast, I would like to believe that it's our responsibility to report what we can. The truth. <laughs> it's the report the truth. That's our responsibility. What is the truth, Jason? <laughs> so, so uh, the the great thing that's coming out of this is that I'm hearing a lot of talk about um, the 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 rumors are starting to fly. There's now there's a couple articles out there and and hopefully it gets bigger and bigger because that means it's it's more and more credible that this might happen. You know, Ted Phillips might step down and 
And uh, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that's the that's the president, CEO, or whatever of the team. That's the team president, and he is probably the highest ranking person who actually makes any type of football decisions there. Anyone above him is probably just taking in the money and not really, you know, making any football decisions at all uh, or anything about the team, really. So um, if anybody who knows anything about Ted Phillips, he had no football background at all. It was he's a numbers guy. And and here's how I know what his line of thinking is. I'm a numbers guy. Right. So what numbers guy do, what they do is try to get rid of waste. That's what they try to do. So what they try to do is whatever money you're taking in, they try to save you as much money as you can to increase your profits. They don't spend money to make money. They don't believe in that, which means, which means, and what this means for a whole team, right? Is that let's say you say, and, and I have no clue how much these numbers come to for an NFL team. I have no clue, right? I have no clue what the budget is. But let's say you come to the team president and you say, I need a million dollars in budget for scouting, for scouting, right? He's the guy that tells you you only got seven fifty, or you only got 500000 right? So what this does is, is that you don't have as many trips as you can go on to scout these to scout the players you want to scout. You don't get to take the players that you want to covet, that you want to bring to the city. You don't get that extra little bit to try to schmooze these players into coming over here. And and it goes across the whole line of the team. Basically, Phillips is a penny pincher. That is what he is. And so he gives you a set number that you can work with and say you got to work within that number, right? So – with that said, um, when we talk about the Bears just bringing in the money, right, and that's what they're about, if Ted Phillips can step down, maybe they start to come out of that. Now, here's the thing. If Ted Phillips does step down and a new president takes over, you know, he might keep a pace around just to see for himself or herself how much of a how much of an asset this guy can be or not. So he might, they might not make a move on pace or, or anything. I think Nagy's gone no matter what. But they might not make a move on a pace right away, right? Because it's going to be tough to bring in a new GM and you have a draft coming up that's going to be a very important draft. I don't know how they want to do it then. But as we know, pace leverages our future for immediate gratification. That's what he tries to do at this point. That's what he's done thinking he had a Super Bowl-caliber team in the moves that he made. Well, now the whole thing's got to blow up. So now's the time. Now's the time. And it would be time to force Ted Phillips to kind of step down. Ted Phillips, he's old. He's probably tired of doing it. So why not? Put him in another cushy desk job where he just makes money and sticks off to the side. Now's only the time if your goal is is to win. If your goal is for the team to do well or to win a championship, if your goal is to make money and to make as much money as possible, it's questionable how much more money the Bears would make even if they went to the playoffs. Just being honest. Those, those stadiums are selling out. 
Those those popcorn stands are selling out. Even when the Bears are barely winning a game. Like our support is not based upon how much they're winning. Penny pinchers can always get a job because the people at the top love those folks because they know that those people are going to ensure as much money flows up to the top as humanly possible. I have zero confidence whatsoever that if they got this man to step down or if they put him at a desk, that, that they would then replace him with someone who's going to open up the books and decide that, hey, we need to actually invest in this team. I absolutely believe they'll just replace him with another penny pincher. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning stories or, or no. Like, I have no, I have no confidence in the people all the way at the top making the decisions. Therefore, nothing else really matters. Nothing else really matters because at the end of the day, they, the, the, the real problem, the real problem, and the Bears are one of the few teams that can say this, they don't have to win to make money. They don't. Most teams, you have to be at least decent. You have to at least show some sort of effort, you know, or investment in your team in order to get butts in the seats. The Bears don't have to do that. They can put absolute garbage out onto that field and the whole stadium will be packed and the whole stadium will sit and watch it. So what's the motivation? Here's what they have to consider. We might say, yeah, they can still pack the stadium, but there's more revenue out there than just packing the stadium. It's buying the players' jerseys. It's it's getting it's getting all these different types of endorsements, all these different types of TV contracts. You know, getting put on prime time, this, that, or the other. So, well, there's always the money you make, and there's always the money you could be making, right? So, so when you say how much more money could they make going to the playoffs? Okay, how many extra games is that? All those games are going to be on some type of prime time. All these games are going to be popping for the whole world to see. So, you know, when when you ask that, how, how much more are jersey sales going to be? So here's my thought. If, if, if Ted Phillips, if, if you're satisfied with what you're getting, there's no reason to change Ted Phillips. Now, I don't believe he'd be stepping down mm-hmm. on his own fruition. I don't. I think Ted is comfortable where he's at and he would stay right there unless they actually wanted a change of pace. And and I'm sorry to use the word pace because, you know, we're not happy with, <laughs> with the current pace in his GM role. But you know what I mean? So there'd be no reason to change Ted Phillips at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you just keep him right there. It's not like it's not like they can't bury his name again and just let it go at that. We're just going to change the GM and start all over with a new GM. So that's my line of thinking. So this offseason is going to show what's going to happen then. If that if he steps down, it shows that management has decided, okay, we do need to do more. There needs to be some investment in this team in order to try to get us to this next level. If he don't step down, if he still stays in there, it's a clear indication <laughs> that nothing is going to change for the next two to three years, at least. Well, if it's a possibility, you, you'll see it pretty early. That's for sure. Because, they, well, you know, you got to take that time out that offseason. I mean, you got to start making them moves almost immediately. So, uh, I'll, I'll be very interested 
and seeing what the Bears do during this offseason. But for now, they continue to suck, and it's a damn shame. Foles' tenure with our team was absolutely wasted, and hopefully his um, – he roll your eyes all you like, but hopefully his efforts – towards implementing a championship culture will not completely wasted and some of that will continue to ferment with the players who were lucky enough to have those conversations with him and experience his leadership. I'm sure so. they'll take that to the next teams they play for. Yes, all of those players are gone. <laughs> we we might keep Roquan Smith. We might keep a couple other guys, but them players are gone, but that team's blown up it's done I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SJH Bad Cave we appreciate you spending time with us today once again if you are a black business owner and would like to get featured as our business of the week please make sure to send an email to info at sjhmancave.com any of our listeners can get a hold of us there as well Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We're also on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off. Peace.